It's March 23rd, 2018, and I'm Light of Hoof, Light of Heart. I'm Six Detmar. And I'm Nick Cease, and this is Bottle Crow, a Dota 2 podcast where we talk about Dota 2 on a podcast occasionally. And I sound a little bit different again this week. That's because I'm in the field again. Actually, wait, no, no, I'm not. Let us delve in immediately, if you don't mind, to our weeks of Dota, because it will it will lead in some great explain. quality content and a great story. Okay. So, let, let me lead off with mine, and I'll lead off with a story. So, I was playing Dota. Well, well here, let me, let me back up even farther. This Wait. is... Yes. Dota? In the beginning, there was light. God created the MOBA and the Earth. <laughs> in the beginning, Coddle, oh wait, no, or Elder Titan, the Ancients, oh boy, this is too much for us. This would be a good Slacks video. I'm sure it's already in a Slacks video. I haven't watched the Darulith latest Slacks video, now that I think about it. Yeah, it's about like demons or something. Anyways, I'm currently, this was my final exam week for my school, and then this next week upcoming, when this episode comes out, I think, will be my quote-unquote spring break. Now, this will be my last spring break because I will graduate the next quarter, and so it's not that I don't have anything to do, actually. I actually uh, I need to like do some work on my computer for... And try tried to stay awake for a little bit. Some like antenna simulation and modeling, like electromagnetic modeling software. I need to use that because it's good, you know, that I have a gaming computer or whatever because it needs computational power. But anyways, I was starting off. I'm I'm done my finals just a day or two ago. It's great. I'm like, you know what? Oh boy, I've been so busy. I'm gonna play a bunch of Dota. And so like, you know, I played some Dota, and then. The next day, I was truly finished. Like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to binge out on Dota today. I feel like playing a bunch of Dota and, you know, just being a, a, a potato. Like, just like, you know, last time's Jackie Chow. I'm going to be a potato. So I queue up with front of the show, Haro Dagu. And uh, actually, oh, this is even perfect. Uh, no longer even calling him out. Our, our friend of the show, I guess, uh, Jack, who is also one of the, the co-hosts of the Dire Times podcast. Yes, indeed. Wow, what is that, Con? So the Dire Times podcast is a new Dota 2 podcast that is sort of is focused. So here here on uh, Bottle Crow, we sort of talk about Dota. Occasionally. But a lot of times we're just kind of like idiots in front of a microphone. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go for a rather a, a more different dynamic. They're talking more about like the experience of playing the game and getting better and, you know, like going through your pubs. Um, some of you may like think that this approach sounds a little familiar. You may be familiar with a a previous Bottle Crow host who did a lot of that, which is uh, Jesse Cox. Uh, good news, this is Jesse Cox's project. Indeed, so, these are three dudes that we have played with in the past, play with all the time. We've even played with them on like our AD2L teams and stuff. And well, I, they're all, for the most part, we're all like part of the We Like Dota community. I mean, you've heard us talk about it before, and honestly, if you're listening to us, you almost certainly know and like probably listen to We Like Dota. And they're great, and they have an awesome community, and we've, for the most part, I mean, the reason I'm here, and the reason I know Colin, not necessarily the reason Jesse knows Colin, anyway, is a lot of a lot of things happen because we're all in the We Like Dota community. So now we have a new podcast come out, and it's their Dire Times podcast, and it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Good listen. Yeah. I think I think like there's there's a like between the three podcasts between We Like Dota, Bottle Crow, and and Dire Times, you have a really good like trifecta of like different focuses on elements of Dota. Yeah. Um, 
and I think it's it's really like I don't know. I feel like I feel like we like Dota is a lot more of like a casual hangout and just sort of chat and like yeah, and they've they've evolved too over the recent times because I. I think I got in, not necessarily in the tail end, but enough that I was used to the older hosts, Brian and, you know, a, a bunch of other people who are no longer on the podcast anymore. Because, you know, they grew up and got busy and stuff in and, and life. And Brian has, you know, a daughter now and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so they have all sorts of new hosts and they had community people. Now Sam runs it a lot. I play with Josh all the time. Josh James Roberts. They, they're great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, this they've like, they have a cool hangout dynamic and it's just they have you know a bigger community and more more active i mean i want to say so every thursday you know i talked about they do theme thursdays it's just mm-hmm. great it's a big old happy dota community yeah and then you've got your your more serious like strategy and growth talk with dire times and then you've got some dumb idiots who like to make <laughs> puns over here oh and this episode is absolutely no exception Hell yeah. I think I've talked about one of my favorite podcasts, The Flop House, on this podcast you before, have, I probably. Believe. And one of my favorite gags from that, that uh, Elliot, well, not all of them do. It's one of their major gags, is words sound like other words. <laughs> and it's very stupid. But that's, that's one of my favorite kinds of comedy. Words that sound like other words. Anyways, we're seven minutes and 30 minutes into this recording. Seven minutes and 30 minutes. Yes, not 30 seconds. So I was playing with Jack and Autodog. We were triple queuing. And I was playing... I think I was playing Animage. Jack has been spamming Queen of Pain to get all of her Dota Plus responses. Like crazy. Sweet, sweet Dota Plus responses. And they are good. Um, you get all, you know, the, he just wants to show off his badge, I'm sure. It's all about the bling with Dota Plus and then being able to spam all your great responses. Six loves his enchantress. What is it? Uh, I love winning, right? That's yes, your favorite? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was great. So we were playing this game. I think it was the first we played of like the day and I had just gotten my battle fury and even more backstory. So I'm in Philly. I'm, my apartment is in this older house, like Victorian conversion, so it's like from the 1800s. It's not very insulated. Don't stalk me. And so I have a electric space heater. So I'm playing this game, and all of a sudden I, I smell a burning smell. It's not like an alarmingly like black smoke burning smell, but still like a burning smell. I'm like, this is weird. What What's happening? So I'm looking around. I look to my right, and I see that, nope, my space heater has, in fact, not caught on fire. Or, you know, I don't see any smoke. So I'm like, okay, that's weird. And I'm just about to say something to the boys on Discord. Like, I need to pause real quick to, like, take a peek outside or something. When my computer shuts down, and I'm thinking, that's really weird. I thought I figured out my power supply issues. And then I put my head under my desk to, like, see what's going on there and press the power button. And the burning smell is just very, very strong. And I think to myself, oh, oh no, did my, did my power supply explode? And I would be very annoyed because this is like my third or fourth under warranty power supply because they just kept failing on me. Mm-hmm. And so I, I tried to press the power button and nothing happened. And if I toggle the power on the power supply, like I turn the actual physical switch on and off, and then I press the power button again, the fan would twitch all my fans would like twitch and then stop and then nothing else and so i <laughs> in the middle of this game i text hotodogu and i'm like yep uh, i don't think i'm coming back i smell a burning smell in my computer so he's like oh well that's great uh and so i i 
did a little diagnosis on my computer. I started unplugging things from my motherboard. And it turns out my graphics card died. My graphics card blew up. It smells exactly like a capacitor in my graphics card exploded. And that's what I was smelling. So I currently don't have a PC right now. And thankfully, my graphics card is under warranty for five more months. I was really worried because right now is the worst possible time to buy graphics cards because all of you goddamn cryptocurrency people, well, all the people who still try to mine, have just crazily, crazy inflated the prices of graphics cards. Like, the one that I have right now, I looked it up, the price on Amazon, it's like 160 bucks more than when I bought it. It's just, it's so bad. But thankfully Mm. it's under warranty, so I'm getting like an RMA unit. But it hasn't shipped yet. It's been like two or three days. I'm even paying for like even, you know, faster than like a week-long shipping. But it looks like over my spring break, I may not be playing any PC video games. So, you know, the horror. But that's why I'm here on my old laptop right now with my headset mic that Six says sounds absolutely terrible. And I would probably... Like dog shit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, There's I'm, no range in my voice. Yeah, listeners, if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you're just like screaming and just <laughs> screaming and screaming and screaming, uh, I'm sorry, but there's nothing I could do. Where are the, just how the it base? Is. Where is the highs? Yeah, mm. yeah. So this is this is what you get this week because my graphics card blew up. It is very sad because now I can't do my work that I need to do with like modeling and simulation either for school mm-hmm. so i've been i've been doing all sorts of other things uh i've been watching tv i started watching twin peaks and i'm i've just been tearing through twin peaks now it's quite the good show and david Duchovny just showed up just when i was thinking about the x-files it's very interesting mm-hmm. uh what else do i'm gonna play some of my my wii u i'm gonna play some zelda game mm-hmm. got breath of the wild uh i actually have wind waker and Twilight Princess HD too. I like those games. Do you have Bayonetta too? I do. I that was you like one of the that. first games. That I should. Great. I haven't played that in, in many a year. I think it includes Bayonetta one too, which I never played. That. It does. It does. It does. Maybe I should do that. And then I was watching some movies. I watched a very sad, very good movie called Wind River, which is it's got Hawkeye in it, and he is a, a tracker, and then there's murders and stuff, and it's. Hmm takes place on an Indian reservation and is a very good movie and it is very very sad but it's a good movie hmm. and then you know I was thinking Six y- you know Shrek remember Shrek um, we're not tread lightly I- I'm just saying what are you doing in my swamp <sighs> Yeah, I I thought that was maybe where we were going with that one. <laughs> did you see the SH on the notes? And did you I <laughs> actually subconsciously was, Listen, uh there was there was a period of about like a month and a half where for some reason, like every ten minutes <laughs> while we were on voice you would say, What are you doing in my swamp? And it was never really what? clear to me Aren't why you, do... you were doing it. I don't but know why it started. I it. think I must have or even somebody else on Discord when we were playing together must have made some sort of Shrek reference. I don't know why. This is not a, a common thing I reference in my life. But I think you had some sort of visceral reaction to it. And so it must have just stuck in my mind. I see. I see. I mean, it's hmm. 
in a way, what are we all doing in your swamp? It makes you think, really, mm-hmm. about how much you don't want to ever hear about Trek again. Um, so my week of Dota, I've actually played a lot more Dota than I have recently. Wow. That could I've... have been with me, but alas. <laughs> a decent amount of it was with you. It actually has been. Uh, that's, yeah, that's yeah. It's like Dota Plus has had a positive effect on my playing. And, and part of it, like, part of it is it's making me play, as you mentioned, a lot more of heroes I like, like Enchantress, right? It's sort of like, it's rewarding. Like, I've always had this feeling of, like, restlessness of, like, oh, I don't want to become, like, a one-trick pony. I've got to move around constantly. I've got to constantly switch heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I maybe even take that too far sometimes. Um, but, like, Enchantress is really fun, and I really like Enchantress. <laughs> and it's like, you know what? Now that you give me that little push of like, and also you can you can like all chat. You know what? I love everything. <laughs> it's like, okay, maybe I'll play more Enchantress. Maybe, maybe uh, one more game. That's how I'm feeling too. It's just like I remember when they introduced this back when I played League. They introduced like Champion Mastery or something, and there mm-hmm. was I think five levels. I don't know if they've updated it now. I, I probably should look this up, but it was. It was a similar thing. There wasn't really anything you got besides, like, a border or a little, like, badge in-game for this kind of thing. I don't know. Maybe you got some other in-game currency. I don't really think so. But it was very easy to attain, like, the highest rank, I think. And Mm -hmm. so I didn't really have expectations for this. Do we have a name for it? Like, Hero Mastery? I don't know. Hero Progression System in Dota? Mm -hmm. But actually, it takes fucking forever to, to level up. And I think that's great. Because you shouldn't have it just be, oh, look, now everybody's, you know, we released Dota Plus. A month later, everybody's gold or uh, master, whatever the, mm-hmm. the highest is. I like it. I want you to know when I show up and pick my, like, soon-to-be silver enchantress. <laughs> I want you to know that it's like, oh, God, this person just picks enchantress no matter what they're name. up against, huh? <laughs> like, yep. My last game, I picked enchantress. We still won. But uh, we were up against, like, an all-magic lineup, and it was a bad pick. <laughs> it was a real bad pick. You will love everything. Yes. Hmm. That's, it's good to see. I think I spammed CK quite a bit to get to, like, I don't know, level 3 CK to see. Mm-hmm. But it actually, you know, you have to quite spam. Or you have to wait every, I think, two weeks, the challenges reset that give you a lot mm-hmm. more this mastery XP. So that's good. So, like, over time, you'll have... Fresh challenges, which I think is very smart. Got to do it that yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that has been interesting is just seeing how Dota Buff has a f- Dota or not Dota Buff, excuse me, Dota <laughs> Plus has affected my play. Um, I'm playing more greedy now because I just have that I have that little little red arrow in the corner of my screen, basically all of the time, saying like, you know. Other people at Yarmamar <laughs> would have farmed like twice as much by now. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh and, like, boy. As a, as a support, as a four or a five, like my kill death ratio is nearly always better than other people at my level. Mm. I'd like, I'm nearly always winning on that, but I'm usually behind on last hits and I'm very often behind on net worth. Mm. And it's just like, that's, that's really like, you know, it was easy to tell myself that like I, I am at the MMR I'm at. Because I'm only good at playing support. And I think that's partially, that's certainly part of the effect, right? Like, if I was that I good at playing a carry, that would make a difference. Mm-hmm. But. Well, I think that 
It's that your worship plan carries because you don't farm. But it's that's, not that knowing yeah. how to farm is only going to improve your core play. No, of course. I mean, that's that's the thing is I was just sort of like, well, I'm a support. Of course, I'm not <laughs> going up MMR. I don't have as much impact on the game. And yeah. like, that's that's kind of lying to yourself. Um, just play Oracle. <laughs> and then you steal all the kills. Or at least you secure a lot of kills. That's been my... You do. You do. That's I true. just and love I, mean, I, have I get a spam. decent number as, as Enchantress. Yeah, and your Enchantress uh, is nasty. Yeah, I had a I had a game uh, this week where I went six zero fourteen on Enchantress. <laughs> I mean, like you know, I get I get work you done. You get around, yeah. Uh, but it's just it's it's yeah it's this nagging reminder, and it is making me farm more. I am almost matching those numbers, or sometimes matching those. You know, yeah. I mean, I even now. noticed it in the games that we played before my computer smoked itself up. It's mm-hmm. like I think. I don't think I use it very much just because hey, I should probably be going in the opposite direction, if anything, you know, farming less sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's like one of my main strengths. And so I don't, I don't, it's a good like comparison or a little, oh boy, I've really been wrecked in this lane. I don't have much farm compared to what I should have at this level. But it mm-hmm. is like, it's a, it's a feedback loop instead of just seeing the result of something. You have this little incremental reminder to try to like push you, you know, give you an arrow in the right direction. So, totally. Yeah. It sounds like I'm glad it's working for you. The other thing that's been interesting, though, is item and recommendations. And, uh, boy, that's. I feel like the item recommendations, more than any other tool, is so much like, well, this is useful at lower MMRs, and then as you get up, less and less, right? I've been trying. I was. Because I, I used. Well, I've mentioned I use Torts Guides for everything because it gives me a good, like, a wall to bounce ideas off of or, you know if mm-hmm. he has multiple different recommended slots i'll like mouse over read the little blurb of text and be like yeah maybe maybe i should go the daedalus instead of the third mm-hmm. battle fury on ember or something but i i don't know once i get this new graphics card back i'm gonna try using the plus assistant recommendations more maybe i just need to get used to it but it was just very uncomfortable because it doesn't actually show you a lot of items at a time it seems like well, and also, it doesn't feel like it, like, I don't feel like it responds to the situation, really. And I don't feel, I don't feel like the progression. It has one linear track, for the most part, from what I understand, because you have, like, these three different options. I think three mm-hmm. different options. You, like, choose one, and then it shows, like, a few options for bigger items underneath, right, once you select something. And it gives you percentages sure. and stuff. But I like guides that say, like, here are your early game items, here are your mid-game items, and here are your, you know, optional items or your extension items, Tort mm-hmm. calls them. And I like that because maybe I'll just skip the wand sometimes, but it feels weirder. I don't know. I just don't like how it's arranged but that might just be a thing I need to get used to. So I'm going to try it out to see how it's I It's also just bad, though, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> and I'm very I, open to that possibility, yeah. Like, let me give you some examples, right? So, like, that um, that all-magic game, that game where every enemy in the other team was based on magic damage, <laughs> mm-hmm. Pipe was recommended at, like, 1%. It's like, no, Pipe is the item here. You're out of your mind. You're um, right. hmm. Or, like like the way the builds like change based on what people are doing mm-hmm. right now every or at least okay not necessarily right now but a couple of days ago every single enchantress build all three roots were first item midas and i just think that's <laughs> oh, moronic Please, it's like no. yeah i'm sure a lot of people are doing this because supports love buying midas but i think it's yes. terrible enchantress yeah. is like 
strength is early game, and you need to double down on that and get shit done. Yep. I just, I just think it's terrible. No, so that's, like, it's horror. Oh, that's that's my worst nightmare with Dota Plus. Yeah. So I think, I think the item recommendations, especially, need work. The mm-hmm. um, the nagging me about farming more is is <laughs> very useful for my style, but. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. the damage breakdown at the end of the game, actually. You can see the damage from every source, including every little creep that Enchantress or Chen or whoever has a helm has. So mm-hmm. you can see that, like, you know, the summoned skeleton warrior did, like, 14 damage or something. And, and you then... can see that the Seder Tormentor is the real fucking MVP. <laughs> just as, like, thousands of damage to the enemy team. is like, oh, shit. Hadouken's so good. So good. Yep. And you can browse through everybody in the games. It's 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 just fun to see. It's another little mm-hmm. stat. So Nick, I uh, I found a video that's it's actually quite old, but I had never seen it before this oh, week. Oh, was this old? You yeah, you showed me. I think I looked at this earlier when you put it on the notes. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Oh boy, that's from 2015. Mm-hmm. I know we're a podcast, but everybody should, should look at this video. Yeah, I'll post the link in the in the show notes. But basically, it is a video of uh someone playing Dota two, just sort of in a in a, like an empty lobby by themselves. Um, but the map has been rotated 180 degrees. It's been basically flipped. Um, and it is such a mind fuck. It makes you think about the map really differently. At least, like, it, I don't know that there are any great like conclusions to draw from it other than like man the map is really designed to be viewed from one perspective huh it's just a a cool video for how much how deeply ingrained the map is even when it changes and stuff in our minds because this video is so uncomfortable to watch yeah it's it's actually just grating on your mind somehow and it's it's like it comes and goes right like there are Mm -hmm. parts where it's like you you know that you know leaving radiant uh, base and you're like okay this is weird. and it just looks like you're you know the uh-huh. dire base or something and then they like they step into the jungle and you're like this <laughs> where is, this are looks, we what, i'm confused what where and then they step into like like bot lane and you're like oh god stop oh no yeah it's <laughs> like the uncanny bad. valley type thing because yeah we yeah. all played custom apps and stuff and that's completely different but then if you just rotate everything 180 degrees of the main map just something breaks in my mind. <laughs> it's turn the it's video very, on. it's very uncomfortable. Yes. <sighs> Nick, how do we introduce this next segment? Do should, we, should we do it? Should we do a little bit of drama first, or should we save the drama? I guess we should do drama first. Let's 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 start things up because otherwise we're just gonna have a solid a drama block. Which I was gonna is say, yeah. a depressing, and we will lose at least half the listeners. So there's only mm. gonna be one person listening after. Our hero concept introduction. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you want to start with just okay? Here's some some very basic, very quick drama for you. Uh, we always hear people bitching about you know the game coordinator cannot be found. Blah blah blah. It's, you know, every every couple of weeks we get like people's like, where's the game coordinator, <laughs> right? Um, and it's fucking fine. Uh, this time apparently it was to a level that Workheam needed to tweet about it. So not, like, no, not just Wickram. Dota two. Really? At Dota two. I In didn't two click separate two separate instances. First they said the game coordinator was down during I think it was last weekend's battle uh Battle Cup, right? Battle Cup? Yes, the Battle Cup, because mm-hmm. the Battle Cup's back. And so for the first one they had a lot of issues. So they gave everybody a bunch of free shards 
and refunded tickets. Shards are like the Dota Plus currency, whatever. So they did that. And then I think just today, yeah, just today, Dota 2, at Dota 2, tweeted out uh, like this technical thing explaining the reason behind some of the game coordinator shit. It had to do with the way they're... And again, try not to fall asleep. They're like database worked and the, the SQL server was spinning on something and it wasn't actually processing anything. And it had this bugged task that wouldn't go away. And so they said for two hours they were going to shut it down and try to fix it. But it was this very weirdly technical thing. It was both very informative, which is weird coming out of any official or unofficial Dota 2, like Valve account. And then it was very technical. Technical enough that I actually sent it to Hadodagu because he works with that kind of thing because he's going for computer engineering. And we're like, what What the hell is this? Who is who and why is anybody tweeting about this on the official Dota 2 Twitter? I'm not mm-hmm. complaining. It's just very weird. Yeah. Huh. I so hopefully, yeah, at first I didn't realize that was official. Yep. Hopefully everybody is very coordinated at their games at this point. Everything's fixed. I also want to apologize for saying Warkeem instead of Wickram because what happened? There My are, brain did There bad. are a lot of consonants in that name, so I always am like, Wickram, right? Like, Wickram? Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. just bad. I'm just bad. It might, it, it might be like Wykram or something, but it's definitely See, not I don't Wurkeem. Know. Because Emma doesn't have a video on how to say it, I don't really know how. Mm, mm. It's not like Katowice. I'm sorry. You have to edit one in there. My no, bad. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's yeah. a good gag. They've been. You've been getting very smooth with it, though. I noticed the last one. That was very good. It was, you know, you were rushed. It was at the end of the episode, and yet you still painstakingly took the time to put in each and every Katowice. I know, you know the audience appreciates it. It's it's uh it's one of those things where I create this work for myself with these <laughs> dumb jokes, and like the only reason they're valuable is that we don't point put any attention on them, and now we are. So now they're worthless. Hooray! Yeah, I'm just trying to kill it for you. There you go. Uh, it's done. Shout out to editing. It's over. Editing six. You know what else mm. is over? What's that? The the, the green dream. The is dream it? green. Wait. Well, oh, wait. So they're mm. they're What's unlegalizing their marijuana in California. That's yeah, really. I'm upsetting. sorry. You're gonna have to get rid of your pound of hash. I just love the weed so much. <laughs> I just love the weed. That spicy what? green plant. I can't live without it. What are you doing in my <laughs> dis- dispensary? I don't know. Is there a word for specifically? Dispensary for is right. Hemp? Actually, you did a good job there. But, but like for a farm. Oh, I mean, like a weed say farm. Weed farm. Marijuana. I mean, like, like if you wanted to be real plant? California about it, like I know this is more the dispensary, but you'd say a green clinic. Oh, I definitely do want to be very California about it. Going California down. knows how to party. Hey, bro. Let's go. Whoa, what? What was that accent? Uh... <laughs> Hey, bro, let's go down. Uh, that's that's Bill and Ted, but I'm going to roll. This is going, hey, man, this is going nowhere, Let's go man. down to the green plant. Yeah. Green plant? What did I... Green clinic. The green clinic. <laughs> such an East Coast. Hey, man, Jesus I'm, I'm having too much of the green plant. Don't hash, harsh my vibe. Hey, Nick, what do you call a long, sort of like tube-like sandwich? Pringles? Da, 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 da. All right, so what happened with OG? Uh, so Rezo got kicked, <laughs> which apparently you didn't know about. No, I didn't. Yeah, no, Rezo got kicked. It was uh, a few days ago on the 17th. 
It I'm was, sure Rezo was the problem. I'm sure it was Rezo. Yeah, they, the organization says in their their statement, I guess, that it was because of the string of poor results, they want to make some team changes. And so they've done that by kicking Rezo. He is out. Rezo's been in there for about six months. Remember, he's the guy who replaced Anna, who was like, you know, their star Australian mid player. And now he's not there anymore. And for the moment, they haven't lost their DPC points, though, because technically their coach, who, I don't know, his name is fucking mad. It's not like we don't swear in this podcast, but I think he's changed his name to Seven Mad. It used to be like Seven King Mad. Oh, it's just Seven Mad now? They took out the the Just when I was pulling some info on Liquipedia, it now says Seven Mad, which makes me think he's actually going to stay with him. So he was he's their coach and all, but he was actually registered as a stand-in, which is a thing you can do legally. Mm-hmm. Legally for your, like a Dota 2 team, you can have stand-ins, like a 2 or something like that. Also for Interpol. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so he played mid for them for the, the European qualifiers for MDL Changsha. Uh, Emma might have to... Mm, no, I think I got that right. Changsha might have to help me out with the pronunciation. We'll see. But he started in with them for their qualifiers. And so as long as they don't change the roster anymore, if they don't like go externally or stuff, then they could still keep their DPC points. But honestly, they don't really have any. Like maybe they could win some more majors and stuff if they actually turn around and start having good results. But right now, let me pull up the exact amount. They are eleventh on the table, and remember you have to be in the top eight to get an invite to DI. And they have six hundred and thirty points. Eighth place is Navi right now with twelve hundred. So it's not a lot because a major gives like thirteen fifty to the victor at least. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. But I mean, I don't know. So <laughs> one major win, points. and they're in the top eight. Yeah, if nobody else there, because everybody else, well, the the bottom three in the sixth, seventh, and eighth position don't have many points. So you could easily get in there. So mm-hmm. I think that's what they're thinking. I see. But I, I uh, can't remember the last time we saw Seven Mad actually play. I mean, I'm sure he's very competent, but I don't know if he's to the level of competitive top tier pro mid players. Or let's put this another way. I'm not sure if he's to the level of fucking resolution. Yeah. <laughs> like, Jesus, that guy is scary. I don't know. You know, sometimes sometimes team synergy doesn't work. Like, I don't... Again, this is one of those situations where it's like, I assume they know things I don't. I know, in fact, I know they know things I don't. Yep. So it's like... I mean, it could be maybe it's a personality call, thing, but... too, perhaps. Sure, sure. It's a thing, like, with Kyle, uh, Melons getting kicked from Call. It's just, like, a personality thing. They're just trying mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and you know you gotta try something at this point. Ti's mm-hmm. Ti's coming, and you're uh, fucking probably. sucking. Yep. So, because oh, I, did we even announce that VP have secured an invite mathematically? Yeah, no, I don't think we seventy two hundred points after was it Katowice? It might have been Katowice. So they now have seventy two hundred points, and because of math, even though only a certain number of the points. The total DPC points have been given out yet, not the majority. They already are invited to TI. So, hey, go VP. Unless their players switch around. Yes. That would be that would be a thing. <laughs> but, of course, they also have not much reason to do so since they have that, you know, guaranteed invite to TI right now. So. Yeah. 
Uh, so they're they're you know OG not performing super well. Apparently, uh, according to the CEO of Navi, Navi is not not killing it either. Huh? Are they not back? Navi are not back. So uh, sad. They had a they had a I would say a fairly embarrassing loss the other day <laughs> to uh <clears throat> sorry I gotta clear my throat so I say this name right <clears throat> Mega Lotta Esports, <laughs> um, which no one had ever heard of, including the team Mega Lotta. They were yes. like, wait, we're a thing? Um, and they, they apparently thrashed Na'Vi. Uh, and some like, qualifiers, know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, shit happens sometimes, right? I mean, these qualifiers are best of one. It's like, it's hard. But also some of these, like, no-name teams, honestly. Nobody knows about this. There was another team I think they played and lost against in a qualifier. But they had, they had competent players. Like, they had... I think four out of the five people in one of the other teams they lost to in a qualifier had beat Team Spirit and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and just like trounced them before. So it's not like they're not good; they're just not top tier pro players that you know you expect sure. Navi to be. I don't know. I mean, Navi—they are technically in the top eight right now. Again, they have twelve hundred points, and the next one below them is Mineski with nine hundred, and three hundred points is just basically nothing. I mean, if you're a lower tier team and you're not really in the running most of the time for the big amount of DPC points, then you're kind of like scrambling for the bottom of the table. But if some more front runners appear and they actually there's more contention between the people who get the first, the second places in these majors with a bunch of points to dole out still, you're you're probably just going to get pushed out if you're just getting consistent lower results. Mm-hmm. I don't know if VP and like. Liquid and Secret, though, keep taking all the first and second places like to themselves. Uh, that could be enough points if they keep getting lower tier results. It depends. Here's a question for you. Does VP keep, like, do they start saving? <laughs> do they start saving strats? Do they start skipping tournaments? What do they do? Because I mean, they don't need the wins anymore. Yeah. I mean, the money is obviously good, and they mm-hmm. would like that. But also, they seem, <laughs> I'm sure they're doing okay this year. Yeah, I mean, I think... I would imagine the pressure is lessened now. Like, mm-hmm. I would think you probably want to space out, maybe skip a minor or two, if they're in some, like, faraway country that you have to travel a lot to. You want to... Mm-hmm keep your players happy and well-rested, perhaps, instead of a chance for a small amount of money and some small DPC points you don't really care about. Yeah. I would think maybe like you skip a minor or two, but you want to stay in practice, you want to keep improving, you want to just play as a team more, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So, they don't want to... I'm, and I'm sure they're definitely not doing this, like, you know, sit on their laurels, just do nothing now. What if you were to tactically throw to teams that you knew were not capable of beating you at TI to get them more DPC points to, to steal on your patience? <laughs> what if they paid... What Can you somehow work it out? They get 322 DPC points? That would work out really well. That would work out really well. What if they that, threw that to apt. a really bad team, like a really bad team? Let's just take a random example and say OG. Yeah, that would be Like perfect. a really, a really <laughs> like useless, a, just a terrible trash team. tier four yeah. team. Yeah. Yeah, uh, obviously it wasn't clear. Obviously, fucking around. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're just in an interesting position. Now. Yeah, they. I don't know. They've been inconsistent, and they've not necessarily. They've definitely not been tier one. But I thought they were doing. It feels like this year. I don't know if it's just the new DPC circuit, the new Dota Pro circuit. Sorry, 
uh, but they seemed like they're back more than they had been in recent years. No? I don't know. I feel like last year they were more back than, than this really? year. Really? Last year like, they I mean, were like, did they even make it into TI? I think so. Or no, no, they didn't, but they not, were not dominating land. up until then or yeah. something. Yeah. I, f- I forget. I for- I, when they first picked up Rezo, they were on fire for a little while. Yeah. Is what I recall. I'm probably just seeing them more because Dota Pro Circuit. Sure, sure. Nick, I hear you have a hero concept for us. I do. So, both of us have hero concepts based around the theme of cooking. How did this happen, Nick? I don't even remember. (sighs) So I started the notes. Oh, yes, this is what it was. The first thing that I didn't mention in my week of Dota 2 is that I might be actually becoming Purge. I might actually be Kevin Godek pretty soon because people, two separate people have been telling me that in game I'm basically being Purge and then I'm like very matter of fact, clear cut, like when I'm over voice comms to just random people in pubs these days. And I I didn't notice that change, but I think it's it's mostly me because whenever I was trying to get something to like, uh, I'm trying to get a support to buy wards or something, right, in a pub. Mm-hmm. I would try to be friendly about it because not even to just be friendly. And, you know, that's a good thing to do generally, be being a more open, nice person on the internet and stuff like that. It'll make you a happier person and all that junk. But also it's more likely to be effective instead of just yelling, WTF, we need wards, GGFF, this Rubik sucks, he went Echo Saber, stuff like that. It's nicer mm-hmm. to be nice. But I've just kind of morphed into, I don't know, more apathetic. <laughs> more like, hey, uh, it'd be really good if you bought some words now, and stuff like that. So people have been telling me I've been more Purge-like. I can see it. But this was on our Bottle Crow 88 notes, but that went so long, I immediately, I think immediately after the recording, started the 89 notes, and then I put this on here, and then somehow we got talking about cooking. And then I said, let's do a hero concept for cooking. Nick, what if I did my podcast voice thing in pro in, in Dota matches, in pubs? That would be good. <laughs> what if I what if I was like, we need some observer wards to cover the top shrine of the dire side of the map, because you see that the enemy carry will be farming these camps in a very short order of time, and it would be very good if we had vision of that area. Dearest lion, I write to you from the mid lane, where it appears very dark and scary. It is a dark and stormy night here, and I would most greatly appreciate your assistance in this matter. Love I probably should not have equipped the stormy weather effect. It is terrifying. And my frames are in the garbage. Yes, that, that's a good idea. Yeah, but I don't know if... You might, if you're playing with me, apparently I will be more like Purge recently. So there we go. I think we'd make quite the pair. That would be Purge and a literal, uh, well, you, you know, you just mentioned the word weather. You're, you are not playing a weatherman. If you could no. do a weatherman, actually, though, that'd be great. So there it looks like we got a 70% chance of a gank in the mid lane. Looks like, I don't know, it depends all about if this lion will buy a ward. If we do get this lion to buy a ward at the top, it's going to relieve some of the pressure off the map, and so we'll kind of reduce that percentage down. You're looking about high uh, high CSs in, in the 40s. I feel like my specialty is making things unnecessarily long, so I don't know how I would do with that. You know, like, That'd be good. PlayStation yeah. 4 computer entertainment system. That's more my jam. That's great. That's my jam. Shall I talk to you? I don't 
uh, I have nothing jam in my hero. Let's let's start with mine then. Okay. This is my hero concept for cooking, <clears throat> and I promise I don't actually have a lot of lore for this one. Thank goodness you don't have to turn off the podcast. Well, you probably still do, but anyways. So, my hero is Richard Pep, the cook. The lore is he. Well, first he's a melee strength support, maybe offlaner, maybe jungler. The hordes of the Red Mist were widely feared for their strength and tenacity, but behind every great army is a great beef stew and mashed potato. No sooner had their blades fell their foes than great warriors would rush to the mess hall to feast on the meat and grog provided by Rich Pep, their cook. And a glotty himself, Rich's fierce strength in the kitchen was rivaled by none, and those who had the misfortune of being on the receiving end of his giant cleaver in battle were rarely repeat customers. When the last of the red mist fell to axe, Rich struck out for another kitchen to continue his practice and improve his skills. Sensing a great power, Dick marches forward to conquer the ultimate gourmet power of the ancients. Hmm. So, he's a red guy, like axe. But he's a cook. Interesting. Let us begin with his skills. So, again, melee, strength hero, possibly a support. I'm going to start off with what would be bound to D. It is his passive called Prep Cook. Got a little flavor text for you. Sating the appetites of the Red Mist Swords was nigh impossible unless Rich was on duty. His skill in breaking down ingredients is unmatched, and the battlefield is no exception. So the way this passive works, when he's within 900 units of a dying unit, Rich harvests mystery meat from them. These stacks of mystery meek are used by Rich's other skills, and I'll talk about that later, but they also grant him passive enhancements, and depending on how much you level, you get more maximum stacks, so like 30, 50, 70 max stacks of this or something. Each stack grants half a point of strength, it increases his move and attack speed by one, and it increases his status resistance by like half a percent. I see. And the way the stacks work, they'll get partially consumed when he uses his other abilities on buildings. So, let's go to his first active. It'll be on his queue. It is called Meat Cook, or, and this is definitely wrong, Rotisseur would be the French word, I believe. It is targetable, and it is targetable on heroes and buildings. Flavor text. Some say the smell of Rich's fresh meat on the grill back at the mess hall was the main source of the Red Mist's terrible power. If you cast it on an ally, if the ally is at full HP, they will become well-fed, which means they take 10% less damage for 30 seconds. It also increases their max HP temporarily and increases their damage dealt to buildings slightly. If you target it instead on a tower, it's going to increase the tower's max HP, because why not? And... The special thing about all his skills, if you put this on a shrine, it will reduce all damage taken in the AoE by 30% for friendly units if the shrine is active. Uh, no, just generally. So if you you press Q on a shrine, you'll take some stacks of mystery meat, and it'll empower this damage reduction aura. And it's just hmm. a stun on enemies, so it, it's got a lot of duties you baked your idea out a lot more than I did. <laughs> I've had a lot of time on my hands because I I've so. not been playing any Dota. Look at me go. So, his W is called Vegetable Cook, or Enchemedier? Definitely not. It is an AoE cast, but it affects heroes and buildings again. 
the flavor text is, Dick says, eat your veggies to grow big and strong. If cast on, if it hits allies, rather, it's, it puts a weak heal on them, and it leaves itself as like a heal over time. And it also increases their model size, kind of like a bloodlust or a BKB would use. Uh, mm. For towers, it has the same effect, but the healing is, is kind of small, so it's not crazy. Or, if you use this one on the shrine, it will triple the AoE of the shrine aura when you when you hit it or mm. it'll triple the it just it generally triples the aura but that also includes like the, the damage reduction if you pressed his q on a shrine i see if it hits an enemy it's going to shrink their model size slightly and it's going to slow their move speed kind of slightly i don't, okay. I don't know why it shrinks their model size but why not and that is his w his last big active ability Regular active ability is fry cook or, oh boy, fritouillet. Definitely wrong as well. It is also targeted, and it can be targeted on heroes and buildings. I'm pretty uh, sure, Nick, it's uh, mm-hmm. Frito-Lay. Frito-Lay. Abs, chip that's company? what I was thinking of. That's great. What are you doing in my Frito-Lay? Hot, crispy, greasy, and irresistible. If you target this on an enemy, you are throwing hot oil on them, so you're going to cause a damage over time, and they get like a, Whoa. I don't know, 30% mischance. I have a scar on my arm from that happening to me, like a Whoa. big one. So, <laughs> Little flashback, accidental PTSD, autocrow. <laughs> you're welcome. So this works on towers as well, so it'll do a little bit of a, a DOT on towers and a little bit of a mischance too. If you target it on an ally, it's going to cause their attacks to apply this DOT instead, except it's smaller. And, because I know you love this mechanic, it increases their accuracy. Hell yeah. My favorite. <laughs> but it works on towers too, so towers could be more accurate. And you it, can use that on an enemy shrine? Is that what I'm guessing? No. Uh. Hmm. That's not a bad idea. I was going to say you could target this on shrines and an additional... In addition to the healing you can activate, at that same time the healing activates, damage would activate as well. And it would be Hmm. a decent amount of damage, which also might have a tripled aura if you've pressed W. I see. And all of these abilities, when you target them on buildings, friendly or not, friendly or enemy, they will be empowered, but will consume some stacks of uh, mystery meat. So you're going to reduce your your passive abilities you, you get with that. And finally, we have his active ability. His active ability on his R is chef. A cook follows a recipe. A chef chooses. I don't know why I'm saying chef as well. Let me repeat this. It's like his a mix ability. between a chef and like chef, like from wheat and chef. Absolutely. Or like a chef grenade. Chef. Chef. A cook follows a recipe. A chef chooses. Chef Pep expertly rolls his sleeves and masterfully combines the freshest organic ingredients to reach a new level of culinary enlightenment. After a short channel, Richard the cook unleashes his final creation in a large area around him for a few seconds. What this does, it applies a BKB BKB piercing taunt for the duration, so it's kind of like Axe Call, but any enemy unit that actually reaches to, to Rich... So, you know, they have to walk to him during the taunt. If they actually touch him, they're going to have meat, vegetable, and fry cook applied to them. And all buildings and allies in the AoE just automatically have their versions applied to them. Hmm. So, like, a lot of shit would happen. And it would be hard to balance, but 
I don't have to do that because this is all made up shit. Nice. That, that is, sounds cool. That is Rich Pep the Cook. So uh, mine is going to be quicker to explain because it's not as refined. <laughs> or bullshit, um, probably. I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay, I'll reserve judgment because you've put down for your description second inventory here. And uh-huh. as I was browsing this, I said, oh, okay, so Lone Jury. <laughs> uh, almost, sort of. Um, I'll so let you take the allow point. me to introduce Rorden Gamzee, the sea chef. <laughs> <laughs> I should have made a joke about the announcer pack. Shit. I should have said something like, oh, he'll be bundled with a, a Gordon Ramsay announcer pack. So uh, formerly a lord of the world of TV cooking, which of course is a country. He's, you know, he's <laughs> the, the land of TV. Uh, Rorden Gamzee was a, a famous sous chef who basically behind the scenes made all the famous chefs really shine. He just took a backseat and took care of everything and made them look good because he didn't need the spotlight. But when he heard about the Battle of the Ancients, he couldn't resist the urge to test his skills by cooking under true pressure. <laughs> and so that's why he's here. He's here to see if he can kind of ignore the battle and just cook the best dish he can. And that's have people great. appreciate it. And, and it's sort of like... I don't know. Would you say that the battlefield is kind of hell, hellish at the very least? I would say, like, if this place were a kitchen, it would be Hell's Kitchen. I see. That's probably a good description. Mm-hmm. I would say that this this is a real uh, nightmare of a kitchen. Master Chef. Um. <laughs> so, basically, I I haven't fully fleshed out his his spells, but um. I also thought of him as being, uh, me- I thought, melee agility. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a support jungler, is sort of how I envision it. Obviously, this is Dota. You can play how you want. But Rorden Gamzee doesn't really play Dota. I see. Um, Rorden Gamzee goes around using his his skills to harvest ingredients from neutral creeps and regular creeps and also sometimes heroes. But, like, ganking and stuff, he doesn't really care. He just wants to create the ultimate dish, which requires a variety of ingredients and high qualities. And then he takes the time to use his various skills to, like, saute and refine them into the ultimate dish. Hmm. Of course, your ingredients are stored in a second inventory. Uh, You have a special dedicated hotkey on D to swap between your two inventories, one which, of course, holds your normal Dota items, and one which is full of ingredients that you're collecting. Nice, a little mobile mobile walk-in fridge. Indeed. Um, and so basically, your game plan is to like keep gathering ingredients and refining them until you can create these dishes. And it'll take you like as much as like seven minutes to create like a really perfect like best dish you can make, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can feed it to someone. You can feed it to yourself if you want, but it's probably better on one of the other heroes because what it's going to do is it's going to really buff them. Because... What I was thinking is I was thinking, like, what if Alchemist's Chemical Rage had a way longer cooldown, but was also a way bigger impact? It was way more this cooldown you had to plan around and delay. What if it was a character whose mechanics were almost based around that moment when a carry gets a BKB? Mm-hmm. So, like, every... If, if you're not interfering with them, every seven minutes they have this moment where it's like, oh my god. But if you gank them, you can slow them down. It's a little, a little bit like Terrorblade, but 
you can do it to another hero and yeah yeah i kind of like like it's a mm-hmm. it's the same kind of impact as metamorphosis can mm-hmm. be but like you don't it, you don't just get it with time right i mean like yeah. you have to be active you have to be roaming the map you need good map you control earn it. get access to good ingredients so you really like you can push some you can gank some but those are kind of distractions and you just want to keep getting good recipes and nice. ingredients yeah, I like it. It's, you're more useful just inherently. I mean, this is generally more true. Yeah, just generally, you're more useful if you're you know, like actually going around the map doing things generally as a support instead mm-hmm. of just like sending a lane or something, which can be important. But yeah, I like it. You have to, you know, you have to go find your lamb sauce. It's not just going to come for you. Exactly. You have to go, you know, say, where's lamb sauce? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're in the middle of a battle and you're like, shit, guys, hang on. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. This is boiling over. I've got to take a second. And just, Where, and just where's the fucking risotto? And then if it's not prepared and you you try to cast it on somebody. It's, it's raw. Like, it's it's raw. Yeah, it's 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 raw. And he'll be bundled with the Gordon Ramsay announcer. <laughs> uh, I don't know who that is. Uh, Rorden Gamsey is a oh, original character. Uh, <laughs> TM. Mm-hmm. Do not do not steal. All right, we do have a little bit more drama, I'm afraid, um, okay. in the form of one piece of of well, I guess drama is is a little strong, but uh, I am sad to announce that uh, four anchors and a sea captain has disbanded. Oh, I uh, don't remember what this is. <laughs> if I ever knew. Uh, it's a North American, like, you know, tier three team, okay. um, long lasting tier three team. That's just sort of that's kept at it. So you put a link in here and it's mm-hmm. a link to their Twitter account, which has a link to a Google doc called Ripperino. Mm-hmm. And that is where their statement is. Yeah. So basically, okay. I mean, like the simple version is that like they've, they've been playing, they've had some financial difficulties. They haven't had like incredible results and it's just like, there's no there's no real drama here. It's just sort of like we just can't keep doing this forever. Yep. We we if we wanted to keep this going, we needed some some major some serious results and we didn't get anything like dramatic and it's it's time to stop. I see. So, may they rest sleep with the fishes in peace. I should say their last incarnation was actually called Five Anchors No Captain. Um, which was perhaps an indication of their mental state by the end. <laughs> I see. Hmm. Hmm. And uh, finally, uh, the 2018 International has a uh, has an unexpected location. Nick. Welcome to the International in Spay Canada. Sp- spay Canada. Spay Canada. Please remember to spay new to your Canada. Please insert that, a cricket that's sound. It. Okay, that's it. That's it. That's it. Huh? You that's know, it. That's okay. all I had. That was okay. My, that was my goof cool. quota for the, the bit. Cool. 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 Yeah. So the international, uh, since Key Arena is uh, undergoing some renovation, uh, the international is going to be held on some Canadian soil, over Indeed. in the Rogers Arena in Vancouver, British Columbia. Yeah, it's like two hours north of Valve's offices in Bellevue, so it makes sense. It's still semi-local for them. Mm-hmm. But there's they've still got this cool it actually it looks pretty nice, like the area. It's right by this kind of 
big-ish for a city park. Apparently Vancouver's a nice place. I was talking to the one Canadian guy we play with a bunch. He's like, yeah, I actually really want to go. Vancouver's a nice place. It it doesn't work for me right now because I'm just graduated and stuff like that. But it looks it looks like it's, you know, it should be very good. I think it has a little bit more seating than Key Arena mm-hmm. does. I, I'm not sure. But it looks like it'll be cool. And I think the first round of tickets have already been sold. So. And the second, because that's the thing is they're going real fast. Um, really? Okay. <laughs> they always do. They always do. Um, yeah, the second round actually went on sale while we were recording, and I took a look, and mm, yeah, they're gone. I see. Yes. Um, one of the th- one of the reasons this is drama is because I wanted to warn folks because a lot of these tickets they sold out with like ridiculous speed, like they very often do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of them went up on eBay, like they often do. <laughs> yep, scalpers. Now, what I want to warn you about, in case you're not aware, is the ways this can go bad for you if you're buying tickets from scalpers on eBay. First off, some people are not actually selling 2018 tickets. They say they are. They're actually tickets from last year that they scalped from last year. That'll screw you over. The other way that this can go bad is you just have to really trust the person, because here's what they can do. They can sell you a ticket, and they can claim that they lost their badge, and just get a new badge and your badge will be invalid because it'll be like you stole it. Like the way this stuff is set up and the way it's synced with accounts and everything, like it's a really dangerous game buying from eBay. You have to really trust that they're not going to fuck you because it's really easy for them to fuck you. Hmm. Yeah. So I didn't know please any be that. careful. Thank yeah. you for that. Good PSA. Yeah. I, uh, I look forward to the day that uh, people just don't buy the tickets off of eBay. They just don't do it. And all these scalpers go fucking broke for being dickheads. And then everything just goes back to normal. But I don't, I think that day is far away. So for I now, think just that day be careful. is utopia. Yeah. Hopefully, <sighs> everybody who wanted tickets was able to get them. And I, I, you know, I hope you'll enjoy and tweet at us at how it is. Yep. Yep. Uh, not everyone who wanted tickets was able to get one because I tried to buy one during the podcast. And <laughs> see. I probably wouldn't have been able to go, but, you know. Would have been fun. Yeah, I heard they sold on like thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is high it is. demand. It's dead game though. Dead game. Remember, dead game. Dead game. All right, Nick. I think we're just about done here. We just have one more cooking-related moment for you. probably can't even tell what i'm doing because of all the lovely mids you're getting i i'm guessing that was the intro to jackie's chow i was trying to do like a breath of the wild little sound oh man no my mouth hole no, no that didn't okay. work at all <laughs> it probably sounded like <laughs> well yeah. i mean it's hard to know because that sounded like that <laughs> that is true just to understand that your mic is a badness multiplier it is a bad okay and i'm already pretty bad so who So, Nick, what are we covering this week on Jackie's Chow? So, last time on Jackie's Chow, we covered the humble potato. We had a hash. I think maybe I talked about microwaving it. And then I explained one method to fry an egg. I hope Mm -hmm. you've had a chance to enjoy a nice fried egg 
and perhaps a hash or potato. This week, we're going to talk about something that I think we need to talk about. Chicken breast. Yeah. Because it's a super, super common protein in America to use. Mm -hmm. let's, let's start off. Let's, I want to know your thoughts about this. How do you feel about the chicken breast as a selection of protein to buy and, and eat? To be honest, I'm more partial to chicken thighs, but chicken breasts okay. are very flexible and, and good. So Okay. I think I'm on the same page. Chicken breasts are like a big thing because for a while the recommendations from uh, maybe the FDA, I don't know, was that you know fat is basically evil. Fat is basically death. And it turns out, hey, that's actually not necessarily true. But that's where the obsession, I think, with the chicken breast has come in because mm -hmm. chicken thigh will have more fat. But the thing is, fat is flavor. <laughs> almost, almost exclusively, fat is always more flavor in a good way. So the mm -hmm. chicken breast... It's it's harder to cook to be juicy and moist and have flavor than basically any other part of the chicken. And so mm -hmm. it's a very common thing to eat, to have, to have been made in your childhood, perhaps. And it's very easy to have eaten lots of very bad chicken breast to turn you off of it. It really is. It really is. I think we've, we've all had a very dry chicken breast. It's like, ah, mm -hmm. uh, this is protein. Yeah. Sometimes that's what you need, but uh, mm -hmm. but still, it's an important thing. It's and it's not hard to use, but it's it takes a little knowledge and care to use successfully. Mm -hmm. So, Nick, I prepared a recipe, and uh, I didn't know we were doing just chicken breast. I thought we were just doing chicken, so it's for chicken thighs. Oh, <laughs> wonderful! Okay. Uh, do you have anything you wanna you wanna pit specifically for breasts? Absolutely. Then, so. A big thing with eating, and I think chicken breast is a great thing for this, is is feeding yourself, which <laughs> is perhaps bullshit and like some sort of truism thing. You know, man. Wait, let me get my my bad accent back. Man, you know, no, where where'd Ted go? Excellent. You know, man. The thing about the chicken breast is like, no, the the thing about eating is it's just like feeding yourself, dude. But I, but it is, you know. And so I think the chicken breast can be great for this. What you want, don't want to do is cook it low and slow. It doesn't have fat, so it's not going to work. You're going to screw yourself if you try to bake a chicken breast at like 350. It's just not the way to do it. So I'm going to mm -hmm. talk about a very simple way to bake a chicken breast. This would be great with perhaps a microwaved potato for that you like microwave for five or six minutes, four to seven, depending on the size. What, this is something like I'll do if I'm trying to make like a quick meal that's also semi-tasty. So what I use to bake, first preheat your oven to like 425. No, that's not a crazy temperature. Just preheat it to 425. What I do, I use my cast iron pan, but you could use like a baking sheet, put some aluminum foil down. It's a nice, easy cleanup, whatever you, you want to do. And so I put my chicken in there, and then I'll put in a little bit of oil. Use like some sort of neutral oil. Don't use extra virgin olive oil because that burns at a lower temperature. Next week, we'll talk about fat. That's what we'll do because there's lots of misconceptions, I believe, about olive oil and stuff. So just put like canola oil, peanut oil, even regular olive oil is probably fine in there and kind of like flop, flop the chicken breast around a bit so they get coated. And then salt, pepper, paprika and whatever other spices you want to put on. I'll do like a bit of cayenne pepper. Maybe I'll do chipotle and 
some cumin. That's excellent. You could put in like an Italian mix, put some parsley, oregano, thyme, basil, whatever you want to put on there. Just kind of evenly coat them on there. Garlic powder is great for taste. Stuff like that. You can put on whatever you want. Just a little light sprinkling of some sort of spice is good. Or Nick, why don't like we're 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 dealing with we're dealing with Mr. Jackie Mao, right? That's true. We're dealing with someone who had trouble boiling an asparagus, and there's no shame in that. <laughs> but that hey, does Caesar, mean a broccoli. You're right. You're right. Asparagus would have been get our facts. Yeah. Um. But that does mean that probably this is a person who doesn't really know seasoning. Like, g- give us, give That's us, fair. what's your, what's your number one go-to? Like, give us a set of spices. And obviously, there's room for flexibility. But if you had to do this, what would you do? What so would you, honestly, your set of spices be? Honestly, I think a big theme for us will be seasoning because salt and pepper. You've worked in a restaurant before, and I've mm-hmm. been taught by people in a. Re- restaurant type setting before uh and seasoning is just like a big underappreciated thing salt and pepper just use it figure out it's kind of a thing you have to just get a feel for it's which kind of sucks to hear when you're learning but just start off with a little bit and then you know increase till it's too much and then you'll know but like just start off with salt and pepper you can still have a delicious chicken breast that way i use paprika honestly almost only for the color good like smoked or sweet paprika will give it some flavor but the spices I like to use, if you like a little bit of kick, use cayenne pepper or use chipotle pepper, which is like smoked stuff. And then a little bit of garlic powder. Garlic powder is much stronger than the fresh stuff, so be careful with that. And then cumin. Cumin's an awesome spice. It makes all sorts of things taste good. If you've had like really good Mexican, it's probably because it has cumin in it. Cumin so can just be really great. Salt, pepper, possibly paprika, more optional. Cayenne garlic powder, and then cumin. Mm-hmm. These are all optional things, and it sounds like you need a lot, but honestly, just salt and pepper is fine. And then I like heat. I think just salt, pepper, and some source of heat, and you're good to go to like feed yourself well. But to keep it interesting, get like an Italian herb blend or something, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's going to have probably like oregano, parsley, maybe some thyme, maybe some dried basil in there. And that's good. And you can put a little bit of that on. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's kind of freeform, whatever you want. It's hard to go wrong. Even if you put on some cinnamon, that's not too crazy. Probably if allspice or cloves, that's going to get a little weird. But besides that, any sort of like savory spice that you'd think of, just go for it. Hmm. So we're going to do, I'm going to give you a recipe for chicken thighs real quick. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Simple. Hold on. Oh, you have to cook the done? chicken. I I'm forgot. sorry. I'm sorry. You stopped talking. I, I, I did. I did. I was, yeah. So you've preheated your oven to 425. You've tossed your chicken with just a little bit of oil. You don't need a ton. You're not trying to like fry it or anything. Just a little bit of oil and then some sort of seasoning. Okay. Then stick it in the oven for like 15 to 20 minutes and get yourself a meat thermometer. People who will tell you like put push on the chicken. That's like it. You can get a feel for all of this stuff with like steaks, with roasts and stuff. If you're a chef, you can get a feel for the feel. Absolutely. But honestly... It's way better than having to like cut into the piece of meat, and especially with chicken, which you really don't want to undercook because it's it's not even good. It's also not safe. <laughs> it's much less safe than undercooking other stuff, and it's also just doesn't taste very good. Mm-hmm. So just get yourself a meat thermometer, get like a good one, and then just put in there. And you want it to be like like one sixty ish probably for this kind of hot cooking method. Just yeah, one sixty five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like. The key is to cook it hotter. Don't cook it at 350 for like 30 to 35 minutes. 
because the chicken breast just doesn't have enough fat to stay moist. But if you do maybe like 15 to 22 minutes, depending on how big your breast is, at 425, it's going to be so tasty. Very juicy. So I'm going to give you a somewhat more complicated recipe, not a lot more, but more complicated recipe for uh, chicken thighs, which is uh, a skillet chicken piccata. Mm. Uh, this is a, this is a uh, recipe I make when I'm feeling a little lazy sometimes. Um, I'm obviously not lazy enough that I am not going to cook. <laughs> uh, listen, you know, there are, there are degrees we of lazy. We had a conversation about pizza rolls the other day. We did that, have a conversation. That would like, be listen, another episode. Folks, I'm not better than you. I will eat like garbage sometimes too. But sometimes sometimes you want to like put in some effort but not too much. So yeah, that's what this yourself. recipe is for. So this one uh, is scalable. Um, the, what I tend to I tend to cook for like around three people when I'm cooking properly. So this recipe uses four skin-on, bone-in chicken thighs. Mm-hmm. Now chicken thighs are really like probably the best like bone-in piece of meat. They just it's really good. It's a really good little size and it's pretty affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you do is you get a skillet and you heat it about medium high with a teaspoon of olive oil in it. You put in your your chicken thighs after uh, getting them like salted with some you know salt and pepper, just to sprinkle a little bit on there, and you cook them about eight minutes aside, eight to ten minutes depends on you know keep an eye on them. You want them to sort of like get like golden and crisp up, no more pinkness, right? And then you set them aside, you set them on a plate, and in your skillet, you're gonna add three cloves of garlic which you've minced now the way you mince it is either Mm -hmm. you chop it very fine with a knife or if you have a garlic press you just put them through the garlic press garlic presses are great you're going to do uh, two tablespoons of butter you're going to do a fourth of a cup of dry white wine i know we're getting fancy (laughs) trust me we're almost done here (laughs) you're going to do one lemon's worth of juice Either juice a lemon, or if you've got a bottle of uh, lemon juice, I forget exactly how much. You can look up on on. Let's be real, probably lemon juice. Yeah, probably lemon juice. I I never just juice a lemon; it's just a pain in the butt. Um, but about one one lemon's worth of juice, and then you also add capers. Now let me tell you about capers. They're great. They're like they look like I little peas, but they're like salty and briny and sort of like a little bit sour, and they're great. They're like so yeah, they're they're pickled flower buds, I think, is what they are. Is that is that technically what they are? Okay. Mm-hmm. So you add two tablespoons of capers in there. You sort of bring all this to a simmer. You put the chicken thighs back in. You simmer them in the sauce for five minutes, and you're done. That's chicken piccata. Hmm. That sounds good. Yeah, it's this like garlicky, lemony like crispy chicken thigh that is is very good if you want to be fancy there are two other things you could do you could slice up a lemon into like you know you know normal like like circular slices and cook them in the pan and have them on the side and eat them with it because once they're cooked a little bit they're easy to eat with and you can also have a little fresh parsley on top for a little bit of extra flavor and as a garnish but like honestly the lemon the garlic the butter the capers and the chicken thigh, that's good eating right there. All the, all those ingredients you, you said, just they're they're great. Lemon butter, and capers. And they're all like cheap, right? Like none yeah. of this is this is this is a pretty simple like it sounds. Even not, it sounds not hard even just cheap, it. but like low maintenance. 
because mm-hmm. you can keep, let's be honest, I don't get citrus for when I need citrus all the time because it's just a pain in the butt to, to keep around fresh citrus sometimes. Word. So, like, you can have a bottle of lemon juice. You can have, I mean, butter. You don't have to go churn your own butter, right? Fresh garlic. Mm-hmm. I think you probably have good knife skills because you worked in a kitchen in some capacity. Yeah, but okay. Mincing garlic is not too hard. Just look up a video for how to, like, properly smash and and cut up garlic. It's not too hard once you do it once or twice. Mm -hmm. It just can seem hard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and one last, like, one last tip for you, which this is going to apply to all, like, once you get into cooking, you're going to want to look up some recipes, right? And you're going to deal with some some hoity-toity sites, (laughs) like the cooking site for the New York Times, which has some very good recipes. But they're always going to say, like, and make sure you're using unsalted butter, right? They're always going to say unsalted butter. Do they really say that? They always say it. Hmm. Now, there is a reason for this, and there's also a reason why you can ignore it. The reason is because when you buy butter that's salted, there's not, like, any regulations as to how much salt is in there. So it varies a lot. That said, it tastes fine. Like, if you are obsessive about (laughs) controlling the amount of salt in things then you can use unsalted and salt it yourself. But probably, if you're like me, you're like, man, great, they're taking care of some of the salt for me. Perfect. Really? Hmm. I always get unsalted butter just because I want to control it. I mean, I think that's probably why they say it, because it exactly. might be one of those crazy sites that actually specifies how much salt to put in things, which is just bonkers. Mm-hmm. You, you, uh, in almost everything, you just have to taste, and you have to get like a taste for it. Mm-hmm. And if you've never... If you've not been a big salt person in the past, you probably need to put in way more than you think, especially if you're using kosher salt, which I still need to ship Colin uh, 20 pounds of. But, yeah, I just like to control. And that's, that's Honestly, totally fair, it's just kind of but... fun to – because I've got a salt cellar. It's just like a little flip open thing that I can mm-hmm. grab a pinch of salt and then like I can just grab a pinch of salt and I can, you know, bam – or I can do my little salt chef meme. Isn't that a meme pose? I don't know. Yeah, it's fun to just yeah. you know throw some salt into my pan. Yeah, it's not like it's not actually it's it's definitely not a bad idea to use unsalted and control the amount of salt. But it's like I mean seriously, yeah. Some of these some of these New York Times recipes are make like do not use salted <laughs> butter. They're just being fucking stupid. Yeah, ignore it. You're fine. So that's so Jackie's that was, chat. That was yeah. chicken. Nice. All right, but I think that's it for this week's episode of Bottle Crow Reborn, the one, the only Bottle Crow podcast on the internet these days. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. If you liked it, we are on uh, your podcatcher, and you can show us to your friend and tell us they should listen to it too. That's not how people share podcasts. People don't like walk (laughs) up with their phones and be like, hey, look at this. I'm listening to a thing. Look, Look at my pod. Imagine what an impression you'd make if you did that. Your friends would think you were you, crazy. You could make it a thing. That would be great. It would be great. Post post it on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I want to give a big thank you to Jeffrey Bryce, a.k.a. Pomodi, who made the uh, Highlander Music Pack, which is our intro and outro here on the show, and is also currently in the Steam Workshop. You can vote for it to be added to the game, and I'm I'm sure we would all greatly appreciate that. I also want to give a thank you to Ashley Ryan, a.k.a. Sfemi, who did our podcast art, The Little Bottle with Crow and Dagon. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at 6Detmar. Uh, Nick, d- w- which one are you going to promote, Nick? We Like Sleeves is just doing yeah. excellent. I think they had a triple 
sleeve picture day the other the other this past week possibly two or three sleeve pictures at once during a day it was excellent and also i sent in my sleeve pictures to document the sad death of mr evga my graphics card so you can pay your respects at we like sleeves oh it's a 980 ti huh mm-hmm. that's a crappy graphics card you should be embarrassed <laughs> what <laughs> thanks everybody <laughs> we'll see you next time and this is bottle code <laughs>